Welcome all to the Better Than the League podcast, Traffic Talks with Therm. And my special guest today, Cub Carter. Cub Carter just had his final ACL checkup. He's looking good to go. And he's ready to uh, take on the dog parks nearby. So he will be joining us on the call. If you hear any sort of panting, it may be me, but it probably will be Cub. But let's get into this. Let's get into this off-season series. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have a podcast for each individual team, starting from worst to best, going over a recap over the 2023 season, talk about some players that this team needs to be high on, low on, you know, equal to the value that DLF has posted, especially with their new January values, so their new offseason values, and then talk about the draft and maybe potential trade targets or potentially any trades that, they, you know, each team may make to improve their team for 2024 season. So the episode, as you clicked on, is called Oh, the Agony. Well, it's due to the Aiken Anal Agony being the first team to go and our, our first ever back-to-back worst team. The Anal Agony, or at this point of last year, the Anal Beads, had a, had a move from Augusta to Aiken, but nothing changed. Ending the season at 3-11, and being at 1.2-2, two and two, but then losing the eight of their last nine games. So what went wrong? What went right for the anal, anal beats now, anal agony in 2023? The roster, as we can see, is pretty – it's asking for, for some talent, and it's gotten some – in the 2023 draft with B. John Robinson, who had a good year overall, especially dealing with Arthur Smith, who's now gone. So stock is through the roof with B. John Robinson. According to DLF, he's ranked still as the number one dynasty running back ahead of Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs. So Alex having that superstar talent at running back is always a good place to be. It's always good to have a cornerstone and an anchor um, and then, you know, a few players that surprised that did pretty well. Uh, I would say Cole Komet is still criminally underrated. Uh, Cole Komet has posted two straight tight end top 10 seasons in PPR and is still extremely undervalued. Uh, I believe he is valued at tight end 15. So Alex having a bear and a good bear, you know, that's, that's a great place to be. So those are guys I, I kind of like. Uh, I think Chubba Hubbard did well this year, especially with his opportunity. You know, Miles Sanders was healthy, and Chubba Hubbard was still getting these starts and still getting good production in a, in a terrible offense, on a terrible team, in a terrible year, much like the other Carolina counterpart now, the Aiken Anal Beats. So Chubba Hubbard and Cole Komet are two players I really like. And I think the flash in the pan – of the last two weeks, but Kendry Miller, which was Alex's pick the last of the first round at that 112 spot in the 2023 draft, looks really good. I mean, he looks really good if you watch any of those games, especially the game against the Falcons week 18. He was running like a man possessed, really, really explosive. These The cuts were really defined and really enjoyed watching that, just the clips I saw on Twitter. So, those are a few players I you know that are really good. Um, I ran a veteran analysis 
you know, who's the most loyal player to a team. And for Alex, it's actually been Tyler Higby, who unfortunately looked like wrecked his knee pretty good against the Lions. And I don't see him coming back. So I think Alex is going to be looking for some new, new loyal players to play with because I think Tyler Higby's last snap of an anal beat, not anal agony, could be could be in jeopardy. But when we're talking about certain guys, you know, what went wrong for this team? Well, lack of talent. Outside of three play, three to four players, really didn't get the output that he wanted. Uh, Alex is really has no flex value at all. All his three flex spots are usually guys that may or may not score. I saw Van Jefferson started twice for Alex. It's got zero points. Um, so when you when you have situations like that, you know it, it puts you in a bad spot. But luckily, we'll get to it. The draft coming up at twenty four. He's got an ability to really make a splash. And where I see Alex's team going to, you know, contending it would be more towards 2025. But for 24, it will definitely make Alex's team a lot more competitive, and we'll get into that. So just going into the offseason, who's valuable right now? B. John Robinson, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, is the running back one in Dynasty. At, I believe he's around 850 points for DLF values, which is extremely good. But there's a huge drop-off. And the next player would be Christian Kirk, around 250. Deontay Johnson at 210. Kendra Miller, around 115. And then everyone else is under 100. Uh, well, Justin Fields as well. And I'm talking even Cole Komet is under 100, which is why I say he's criminally underrated for posting two top 10 tight end seasons and still being – drafted as a tight end 15 it's posturous to me so how does how does Alex improve this offseason well the first spot we talk about is that he's once again drafting another generational style player in Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bijan was arguably second best running back to be drafted talent wise uh, since Saquon Barkley but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the most talented receiver We've seen drafted this millennium. You could argue potentially, you know, AJ Green, Julio Jones, Jamar Chase, uh, Calvin Johnson is definitely probably still number one. But Marvin Harrison Jr. has got the pedigree, he's got the size, he's got the speed, the ball skills, the route running, the yak ability. Truly a generational player, also a Buckeye. So from Alex's alma mater, so there's connections there. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be in agony for only one year, though, I believe. He will be in agony and be a superstar. Alex is going to leave the 2024 draft with two superstars, uh, with B. John Robinson being in the 23 class and Marvin Harrison Jr. being in the 24 class. Exciting place to be because a lot of times superstars can really cover up a lot of the inefficiencies with your roster. And... Mm -hmm. It also allows you to start these players all 13, 14 games or in the regular season, not have to deal with, you know, start, sit decisions. And Alex has two first round picks. Like I mentioned, 101. He also has 108. He has two of the first three second round picks, which is a great year to need those early second round picks. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers still available. There should be the, the running backs will start to come off, I believe, in that early second round. 
So if Alex wants to address, you know, some depth in that running back's position, because right now after trading Kamara, where he's dealing with Bijan, Chubba Hubbard, and Kendra Miller, but two of the three names I mentioned are unknowns right now. So drafting some more running backs to get some depth there. And then also with Alex, you have Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is unknown what his future holds. Could he be a starter? He should be. He should be a starter on, on a team, but we'll see where he goes ultimately. It would be stupid for Chicago to hold on to him and, and draft Caleb Williams. I think ultimately for Alex, the best thing possible would be that the Bears stick with Justin Fields and then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And then Alex is, now has this very dynamic offense, and it's also for his favorite team. I think that's the best case for Alex. However, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Caleb Williams will be a Bear. I think, and I hope, Justin Fields is potentially a Falcon or a Viking and go from there. So maybe Alex in that second round says, hey, I want Caleb Williams or I want Drake May or Jay Daniels. You see teams like actually both kind of cultivating that quarterback room just in case, you know, one one is a huge hit. That's just such a reliable starter that you can plug in like a Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, where don't even consider the matchup. You know, you're starting that guy each and every week. So he has those two second round picks. And also he has two early thirds. He has 301 and 303, just like he has 201 and 203. So we mentioned that flex earlier. That's where Alex fills it. And it could be a rough, rough beginning as, as these rookies get acclimated. Usually don't see rookies coming off, you know, full steam ahead, especially at the running back position, and but still at the wide receiver position. You don't see those big games until kind of later in the season. We saw it with a lot of rookies. We've seen it with just Jefferson. We've seen it, you know, this year with running backs, we talked Jameer Gibbs, really came on late. Brees Hall was a big, you know, came and come on. Not week one, not week two, but maybe week three, week four. So Alex, I expect, will be starting several rookies in that 24 lineup, which is why I feel Alex is built best for 2025, as long as he drafts well. In terms of trades, I think Alex is one of those teams where there's not much for him to trade. They're, those sweet spots for those trades are guys that are between – 200 and like 600 range of, of DLF points. And like I mentioned earlier, Alex goes from 850 to 225 or 240. And so there's no player in that range to really trap or to really trade. So I think Alex has to focus on the draft. I think if Alex makes any trades, he's going to be moving up and down the draft. He has six draft picks. So if he wants to move up and down, he can utilize those picks. My one thing for Alex, as as you know, all know, Alex had two violations of roster setting um, for the week, especially that last week of the season that ultimately locked up that number one overall pick for himself. Alex has no fab money for the 2024 offseason. So Alex needs to be really smart with his with this decision making and, and really kind of be that scavenger and clean up the waiver wire after after you know everyone puts in their waiver claims, because Alex needs to cultivate. If you look at that roster, there's a lot of guys he's been you know been holding on to for a while. That you know it's time to cut ties. It's time to move on, like Irv Smith Jr. and even potentially Michael Thomas or, or 
Uh, Julio, no, it's not Julio Jones anymore. But there's some players on that on that back end of his roster that he needs to cut the old and get some fresh young talent in there. And then also with Alex, he's just got to be able to create tiers for himself and understand what players he likes and what tiers they're in and really use a scale and slide in that draft. He did a little bit of that last year. He was able to acquire some picks this year that ended up being a early second to, you know, by trading, he traded 212 away for the guy that just got arrested for 8,900 illegal bets. And now he's picking 203 because of it. So move that scale. If he doesn't like a guy at 108, but he likes the guys in the, the, you know, 111, 112, try to see if he can move out from that. If he would rather just say, hey, you know, I am rebuilding to 25, but I like a player that maybe is valued around that 108. I'm going to use that 108 and I'm going to go get that player. Maybe it's a running back. Maybe it's a wide receiver. Who knows? What I want to see from Alex the most, though, is I just want to see a good team. I think Alex, since he's left Ohio, has been kind of in the dumps from a fantasy standpoint. Obviously, if he would have moved back and been like the Cincinnati anal agony or, you know, the Dayton anal agony, maybe we'd be doing better than we are right now. But since he's staying in, in that South Carolina, Georgia area, you just hope that Alex really dives into the NFL draft gets involved and picks and drafts well, and then creates that nice reboot. So he can actually be competitive in our league, but that's all I have. You know, it's a nice shorter podcast. Like I said, I'm going to be doing all 12 teams and this is going to be an exciting series. I think that we can kind of dive in a little bit further, go over potential trades. I think Alex's team is kind of a hard team to trade with because he's not moving off of 101 and he doesn't really have the players to kind of excite the other owners. But we can really talk potential trades. But really, I think now, as you've seen from the first offseason to now our third offseason, trades are dropping. And, and I don't think that's a lack of engagement. I think it's increased intelligence in our league, increased knowledge and increased experience. We've seen teams and we understand teams that have drafted well and how well that makes their rosters and how important draft picks are. I think that first year people are like, I don't care about draft picks. I'm taking, I'm using that first round pick and I'm getting a guy I know that's established. And then we're coming across the teams that are constantly building through the draft and and now they're, they're building these juggernauts because they have those veteran talent, but they're also just cultivating that roster with young talent. And so I think a lot of us are holding off until we have a better landscape of the NFL draft. I didn't know those first two to four picks in our rookie drafts. I think 101 and 102 are locked in right now. But I think past February into March, you're going to start falling in love with players, start falling in love with tiers and kind of where you want to be in the draft. And I think that's when the trades are going to start you know, getting execution. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to talking about the Lake Norman Nobodies next time. See ya.